Hi guys, welcome to another episode of Modern Health with Dr. Jane. I, of course, am Dr. Jane, a naturopathic doctor and natural fertility expert. And today I have a, my patient with me, Catherine, who's 22 weeks pregnant. And we've been working together for almost a year now, or it has been a complete year. And I'm just gonna let you introduce yourself, tell people who you are, what you do, and where you're from. Sure. I'm Catherine Laska. I live in Ottawa. I was born and raised in Ottawa. Uh, I am currently working uh, as a public servant in government. I have worked in the nonprofit community and private sector before that. So have been uh, doing a, a whole bunch of really cool things and uh, have been working with Jane. It'll be a year in October. A year in October. Yeah, that's it. I was like, I knew it's somewhere in the fall. So another, another month. And possibly considering taking up some stand-up comedy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got a note. Among all the notes that I've taken from all the things I've learned from you, I also have my running <laughs> thing of jokes and and uh, maybe paper. we'll get to hear some of them today. Maybe, but Absolutely. I just remember being like, "You're really funny. You should really look into this." And you're like, "I actually am looking into it." <laughs> Yeah. Amazing. Thanks for being here, um, Kat. And really the goal is to just kind of help people see your story, hear your story and see if that's something that resonates for them. And some of the kind of challenges and obstacles that you had and some of the risks and the the things that you did in order to get here. Because let's talk about where were you before you met? Like, why did you reach out to me? Yeah, I am. Um, when I was thinking even about this conversation, I was, I would map out that my journey started when I was 11 years old and I got my period. I was literally in grade six. Uh, and I feel like my period through my whole life has always been like, shrouded in mystery I, I would say that I was still kind of in the generation of of periods are gross and scary and shameful and that was the first early years um and I had painful periods since like since the first day I had a period in grade six I thought I was sick and needed to go home I was going to call my mom and got my period and uh from grade seven eight nine it got much worse I was I had debilitating back pain primarily and and cramps and that was the era where, yeah, like periods are gross. No one talks about it. Um, yes. If you talk to anybody about having your period and having period pain, where they're like, yeah, that's what, you know, period pain, like that's normal. That's what being a girl and a woman is kind of like get used to it. Um, and then I, uh, I, I had really bad acne and skin when I was in high school. So they put me on Accutane. Um, and when you're Accutane, the, the doctor automatically puts you on birth control. So that's just by default what happened. And I was on birth control uh, for several years during high school and university. And uh, and then after university, I like I just I felt there was a number of symptoms and things that were that were recurring with birth control, and I wanted to see what it was like to be in my early twenties and have quote natural periods, or at least not did just take the remove the hormones from the equation. And did the birth control when you were put on birth control, did that make your period pain better? Did it decrease the, the heaviness of your cycle? Or was it still something that you struggled with, but just maybe not as much? Great question. I um so I I had a few different forms of birth control. I was on the oral contraceptive. So that mostly reduced the the volume I think of of my periods but I still had like cramps low, low level cramps and back pain 
Um, I did the Nuva ring for a while, which I, uh, which you still get a normal period or like a, like a lighter period then as well. And I would also get some light cramping. And then I, um, right. And then the, the last chapter was an IUD, but so I, for, for several years, I, uh, was not on any birth control, uh, for actually almost, almost a decade, eight years. Um, I wasn't on anything, but I had, but my periods became extremely painful. I, I vividly remember being at the office in my private sector job. I had a really good relationship with my, my male boss at the time. And he came to see me and I was lying on the floor under my desk because I was in so much pain um, from just like horrible, debilitating cramps. Um, another good friend of mine who recently moved to Ireland uh, and I shared that I was pregnant. He's like, wow, you've come a long day from that time we tried to have dinner and you, we had to take a taxi because you were lying on a public bench and you were in so much pain. And I had forgotten about that. I, I honestly had forgotten the level. I don't think you ever of, told me that. <laughs> yeah, I just, I, there was, and, and it's, it's insane because I had these, like, I have, I have, I have so many examples of that where my period was a debilitating monthly event. Uh, and I would, I, I had reached out to my doctor at the time. So I, again, so I live in Ontario. We have a, a health care problem. We've always had a, a lack of doctors and uh, I didn't have a family doctor for several years, went into some walk-in clinics to talk to them about my period pain and that accomplished nothing almost. I mean, they couldn't give me anything and kind of got the speech again that, you know, being a woman hurts. Uh, finally got in with a family doctor. One of the top things on my list when I went to see her was was period pain. And she just gave me extra, like she prescribed extra strength Advil. So here you go, some really super strong Advil. That's what you should take. So I had that, I carry, I, when I knew my period was coming, I basically had that in my bag ready to go. And I just anticipated and planned around it. Um, and then, it, but it like, even with that, it would still, like it would take a while for it to kick in. And then if I wasn't taking it constantly and who, who really wants to take, painkillers on every four or five oh, yeah. hours it just seemed it seemed outrageous but that was if I didn't take that then I was lying on the floor and lying on public benches and and canceling plans and um I went back several times to my family doctor to say like I'm just really in a lot of pain and it didn't seem to get any traction um I think the I have one two pivotal moments I would say that connects me with you was uh the I went to a there was a an, a, an event at the fringe festival here in Ottawa. And there was a, there was actually a, like a theater piece called, it's called a period piece. And it's a theater, an interactive theater thing that they have developed that is all about periods. It's super interesting. It's it really well put together and they've been, uh, they've been going around, they tour some high schools and they do these shows, but it, it's an interesting way to talk about it. And near the end, they asked the public and the audience if there was anything that they wanted to share. And some people stood up and shared things. And there was a woman who stood up in this, in this show. And she's like, I want everyone to know that that period pain is not normal. You do not have to suffer. And this, and I, and I can't remember if she said she had endometriosis. I don't think I even knew what endometriosis was. Uh, she stood up and she's like, this, I want people to know that this is not normal and you don't have to suffer and like, you know, seek help. And there, and the, someone will help you. <laughs> And I had listened to her. I was like, okay, I will go back and advocate for myself and not take no for an answer. And I finally got a referral to a gynecologist from my doctor. I ended up going to a gynecologist in Ottawa that's known to be one of the, the best endometriosis doctors. Uh, and then, uh, so she diagnosed me with endometriosis and that would have been in 2018. 
Um, yeah. And then if, like, so the immediate thing at that point was, yeah, here's, here, you're going to put you, we're going to put you in an IUD and uh, oral contraceptive, like basically additional hormone medication. So I was on both. Uh, and so effectively- and did you have a hesitation to go back on it? Cause you said that you wanted to see what the natural period was like, but it sounds like by that point you were just like, I'm done and I need something that's going to help me manage my day to day. That's a great question. Basically what I, happened? I, I, it was funny because a lot of my friends and people around me are on, were on birth control and I was telling them like, I'm on, you know, I'm not on birth control. And they were like, Oh, like, wow. That's and, crazy. Why are you not on birth control? Like, oh, that's bold of you. And like, how do you yeah. do it? And aren't you worried? And all these things. And if it, if it wasn't for the fact that I was lying on the ground in debilitating pain, I had no desire to be on birth control. I, other, like everything else worked, felt fine. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't like how I felt when I was on, on hormones. I know that like, pre, like when I was on oral and, and even yeah. the new ring, I gained weight. I often had bacterial vaginosis and other things that were kind of, mm. um, that would manifest and uh and so there I, known side effects like for listeners who don't know those are actually like very well known side effects of birth control and then with endometriosis there is an imbalance in the gut microbiome and the reproductive microbiome that predisposes you more to those things sometimes i find people who don't connect the dots but it's like yep it's all connected like this little pill that you take that changes your hormones connects to a lot of symptoms that you're already experiencing that you think are not related. I just wanted to make that, you know, point because a lot of people don't know. Yeah. And so I don't know, I guess I was, because I had finally felt like I had a breakthrough with my doctor and they're like, here's an, here's an end, a gynecologist, endometriosis. And they're like, here's your diagnosis. This is what you have. And it, I didn't feel like I was in a position at that point to say, here's what I'm comfortable with. And here are my limitations. They were like, I wasn't given options. It was like, great. Yes. You is there's like, it's like this. And then, you know, if it really, we try to avoid laparoscopy as much as possible. Like if you get to that point, if this doesn't work, we'll escalate you on harder drugs, harder drugs, and then consider surgery. Like it wasn't really like, do you want ABC? It was like, we're going to do one, two, three and see yep. if they work. And so I, I went back on to, yeah. So there was an IUD and hormones and that I was on for, uh, three, almost three years. And, uh, and so effectively had no, had no periods anymore, had no pain, but felt in some ways, like I was like, yeah, having had my, period, out. <laughs> yeah, I just feeling kind of like I wasn't going through what I was supposed to be going through on a monthly basis. And it was strange. And I, and so that, and then the other pivotal moment um, was when I talked to my gynecologist, I had an annual check-in with her and, and I was saying, so, you know, at this point, my, at the time I talked to her, that my partner and I are thinking at some point of starting a family, you know, when that, when we're ready to do that, what happens? And I always remember her answer to me is like, well, we're going to take out your birth control and you just got to hope that you're one of the lucky ones that gets pregnant quickly and doesn't suffer for too long. That was it. That was our conversation. And I couldn't believe um, that was that was in the in the winter of 2021. And I couldn't believe that in 2021, like we're we were just going to rely on hope and luck. And yeah, uh, I had asked, I was like, is, is there really nothing else I can do? She's like, well, once you're off birth control, then like, of course, it's going to come back and it's going to hurt again. That was it. Um, and I, and then I reached out to, um, and then I saw some of your posts on, on social media. There was a friend who had shared her experience with you, uh, I think in the summer 
and I was getting kind of contemplating whether we were ready to start a family and what we were going to do and what order of things we were going to do things. I'm a planner, totally. <laughs> plan things. And uh, I reached out to you, I think it was in September of 2022 and started our conversation and yeah, there we are. Thank you. For, there's, there's a lot of goodies in there that I think very relatable. What I'm kind of wondering is there, the pivotal moments, they're really, you know, they're really important because they made you change either get the help that you needed or made you think or say, Hey, this person is not going to help me. Like they don't have the help for me. So that made you reach out for something else. It sounds like deep down, like talk about the deep down. Like, did you know that there was another solution? Did you know that there's something that you could do to improve the situation? Or did it feel like, you know, I'm just poking in the dark here? I, and so I live in Ottawa. I live in a major Canadian city. I don't know how much time I spent on Google, like Google endometriosis, like treatments, solutions, whatever. And I can't, I, I found approaching nothing other than some, oftentimes the gynecologist that I worked with, their name came up on, on like ratemymd.com. And I, I, and then there was a few handful of Facebook, Facebook endometriosis support groups. And those were frankly, super scary, but I didn't see like, a lot of people mostly talked about you know, a doctor out of Kingston that apparently does a bunch of laparoscopies and you don't need a referral. And like, just like, it was extreme solutions and that's it. I actually didn't know what else I could be tapping into. And I felt really at a loss. I didn't like, I went back to my family doctor and at some point they, in the, especially in the last year and some, they, they questioned whether or not I should even consider having a family. They're like, well, it sounds like you're not a candidate and maybe you should just go back on birth control because it hurts too much, which blew my mind. But I, I really felt like I was floating in the middle of nothing. I didn't know what other solutions to consider. And I and I didn't truly think that um that like my food and my nutrients and how my gut function would have such a direct correlation to how I was feeling in endometriosis. I didn't have that appreciation at the time. Yeah, that's I, I, because sometimes you have to experience it. So, I mean, let's talk, how did that change once we first met? How did that, your perspective change? Uh, I, well, I think, I think we was talked. Was it also a pivotal moment? <laughs> I mean, I'm hoping I, it uh, was. I was, I was resistant at first with you and I mm-hmm. talked about this. I was like, I think there's a lot of skepticism and you're like, oh, or like, you're going to get bamboozled into somebody that's gonna like put you on some crazy wizardry and like I don't know like I had I had I was I I definitely had a lot of trust issues when I first met you and I didn't fully trust like it wasn't like okay like I think we've talked about it you've met people who like I've tried everything and I'm gonna resort to you I hadn't tried any everything because I didn't know what to try <laughs> and yeah, you were sure. one of the early doors that I that I knocked on and uh, but I I was very resistant to what you what the proposed course of action early on but I was certainly willing to try I was like listen I, I haven't done anything exploring um my like my nutrition and my butt and all my function my internal functions and um I I think the pivotal moment for me was when we did the all of the the lab work um that was probably the highlight for me early on like the lab work and I love how your approach is based in that because you're like I could test all day long and see that you're deficient in a b c d or whatever the the deficiency yeah. is but if you're not if your liver isn't functioning appropriately then supplements aren't going to help you and I've explained this now to a number of people um when I talk about working with you and like they're like right 
Like it just clicks for people. It makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. You're like, oh, like my B12 deficiency isn't going to be fixed by just taking B12. We have to understand why you have the B12 deficiency in the first place. Shocking. I I mean, when you you say it that way, it's logical. But in the moment, like, I mean, you could probably buy some some DIY tests and figure out what you're deficient in without even talking to a doctor. But it's like the why is the thing that I think people um can't do on their own and the and the support that you provide through uh like the one-on-one sessions all of the 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 actions that we take but then also the the learning online through your portal that's like self-learning and, and how much how much effort you put in is what you get out of it yeah that's so did we talk a little bit about the labs because i think that's important what from your perspective like what were the ones and you can tell a little bit about the experience of doing the labs as well if you want to but just like you said that was a really pivotal moment. Was it something specific that you saw when we did the, you know, the analysis and the report after? Tell me more about that. And maybe part of me is thinking that I, I think through the course of my life, I've had five uh, family doctors. Like it was like a pediatrician as I was a kid. Then I had somebody then, and I was with a number of doctors over time, five, six probably. And then tons of walk-in clinics and maybe it, but even with five, six family doctors, I don't know if it's just the mantra of the Ontario healthcare, but like they do not like testing stuff. They, they, I have rarely been taken seriously on some things that I've asked for. And I rarely get sent for tests other than like a bit of standard blood work and like an x-ray. If you have a physical thing, that's obvious and easy to treat. Yeah, like your leg is broken. <laughs> okay. Leg is broken. Send you for an x-ray, get a cast check. Easy to do. But yeah. endometriosis was messy. And it's like, you know, why do I feel this way? Or, you know, all these things are like, Oh, and it just, it's, it was so easy for so long to be like, you're a woman, it hurts. Um, so the, you know, that we did blood work, we did stool sampling and we did urine sampling and, <laughs> and then, yeah, the, the results from that were, um, especially the environmental toxins piece, I think. And then the, the gut biome, like, I don't know in what instances I would have ever gotten those kinds of tests and that kind of detail. I, I used, I had, at some point I, I have a, I was diagnosed with an intolerance to uh, lactose. So like did some lactose testing, but that's pretty basic. Um, I had a couple of GI issues over the years and they did like a, a few scans and things, but at no point did they really, like, and, and actually, well, I traveled in South America and, and got stomach parasites, but you know, they, they like tested a, a stool sample and were like, yeah, this is what you got, got some antibiotics, but it was never like a, let's look at the whole, the whole okay. system. A to Z, how is it going? What are the, maybe the issues? Yeah. And uh, the experience of, of doing the stool sample, for those who don't know, you have to, you FedEx your poo. (laughs) (laughs) And ideally you want to do this so that like it's fresh and it gets to the lab appropriately. (laughs) And so I, uh, I had scheduled my FedEx poo pickup and, but I hadn't had bowel movement because the experience was stressing me out. And it comes with a little kit. You have to like shape a paper hammock, yeah, a that's paper hammock to the side <laughs> of the toilet. And I was, I was pooping for my FedEx delivery. <laughs> I got to make it before 11. Yeah. That's such I, a good story. I remember asking you like, will this affect my stool? Will you go from my poop that it was stressed? The messages that my clients send me, like I have such a good laugh sometimes, you know, it's like, don't worry, your poop won't be affected by the amount of adrenaline that's going through your body right now because oh, you're, you're 
you're worried about, uh, you know, if the poop is going to come out or not. So <clears throat> that's, it's really helpful though. Cause in the thing that you said, I think, because you've never tried anything else, like most of my people have worked with naturopaths and they've done a bunch of functional testing and whether it's food sensitivities or lab work or micronutrient analysis, I think the big pieces that are always missing is a really good stool analysis and those environmental toxins, because that was a really eye-opening thing for kind of both of us in terms of the perspective for me to provide you with a treatment plan, because then I know how long it should take in order to get rid of some of the stuff that we see has been accumulating um, in your tissue for probably quite some time, right? And that exposure is not necessarily maybe even now, but in the past. And so we were able to attack it a little bit more specifically and aggressively because you had goals to get pregnant fairly quickly, right? Mm -hmm. And I, um, we've been, my partner and I have been talking about getting pregnant through that summer of 2022. And then there was a few things professionally that were happening. I was like, actually, I want like, there's some goals and things I want to pursue in case I get pregnant really quickly. Like I want to yeah. wait for it. And then while I was doing that, that's when I reached out to you to be like, if there's things that I can do, um, there's, a, and I, I come at it from a few different angles. I think primarily I came to you because I was just told to hope that I get pregnant quickly. And that while I was waiting to get pregnant and it could take a whole bunch of time with endometriosis. So I'd been told. And so I feared, um, I was genuinely scared of being in a world of pain again, because I hadn't been lying on the floor under a desk in four years, but I was scared that that was going to happen all over again. And if nothing else, I was like, if this is, if working with you was going to just address my extreme period pain, that was already a win for me. And then yep. the, the part on fertility was, was it also a, an anxiety and a fear? Um, and I was like, but that I was prepared, like it, that I figured would take some time and there would be a process and it would need to run its course. So I, yeah. I had opened to that, but yeah, in the end I got, I got both. <laughs> like, yeah, that's it. Well, let's talk about like, what were some of the things that we implemented that, you know, for you feel like those were really the missing pieces or it really helped click that, um, changed your health because, uh, do you remember how long it took before your, cause your period came back right after birth control was that 10 out of 10 again. Right. And it was yeah. about four months until we got it to like a four out of 10. And then it was like a two out of 10. I think the, I had gotten, do you remember that timeline. That's kind of, yeah, I had gotten my IUD out at the beginning of October. And then we had started, we, we officially met in September and then started doing some things like even for the, for some of the testing, you had wanted to kind of wait for the baseline of the hormones to be out. Um, and I had got, so the first period I got in October was pretty light, pretty, pretty okay. November, I remember it was starting to ramp up again. And December was the first, no, November was one of my first, that was two months after. So the November period was heavy, painful, bloating, the usual shebang. And I think even then it was at a lower, it was still lower than it had been historically. I hadn't ramped yeah. up. Um, and December was one of my most painful periods for sure, because we were, I was back up at from three months after the IUD and everything had been really out of my system. And then, but working together, um, and all the things we implemented like January, what the, the period was probably down. So in December, I would say it would be like an eight or nine out of 10. And in January, I was closer to a six out of 10. And I'm, I'm always going to remember February, March, like I was almost worried that I wasn't having a period because it didn't hurt. Like I was confused what was happening <laughs> and wondering. And, and it was just kind of crazy to me that in February and, and March, my last two periods were at a, yeah, 
four, two out of 10. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about some of the things that you implemented. Um, what were the big game pieces, the, the game game changers? The big game changers for me uh, were the supplements. So like a whole cell core regimen, um, like building up the various stages of the detox. And I think that that was just like to get rid of stuff from my system. The environmental toxins had come back. Like it was like, I kept joking. I was like, I'm 500% plastic. Like it was <laughs> an obscene amount of, of yeah, PPAs in my system. And, it, and it's interesting because like, I'm not somebody who totally ignored plastics. Like I was like, you see BPA free bottles and like, I paid attention to that and I heard about it. And, um, but I like, I, at that point still, like I, I used to do my own, take, take my own lunches to work every day. And they were usually in plastic containers and I didn't prioritize no plastic containers. We have like a shake bottle for the smoothie was plastic. Everything was plastic. Everything comes in plastic bags. And I just it was like, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. And it was with you that um, really having a lens of looking at all the plastics and sources of environmental contamination that we had and slowly but surely implementing change. Um, that was a huge piece for me. And um, everybody so that came over walked away with a plastic container home with this. <laughs> I remember I, you talked about a potluck that you had and you were like, everybody's taking a plastic container home. Get no it problem. out of my house. <laughs> yeah. Plastic Tupperware. Do what you want with it. Don't bring it back. And, yeah. <laughs> and then I, I actually like, I like reorganized all of our tools and nails and different size screws and all of these things. They're all <laughs> nicely labeled in plastic containers now because. I had Perfect. some. That's another use for it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so um, that cell core was a big piece. I like. I we were talking about. I know what I had never had anyone care as much as you about my about my bowel movements, and <laughs> I think I maybe I never will. But I think that was it. That was it. Was just one of those conversations. You were like, "How is your sleep? How are how is your hydration? How are you pooping?" And it's so crazy that these little like we like speaking of trying to have a baby. Once you have a baby, that's what everyone cares about. People are super concerned about like children and newborns, hydration, yeah. sleep, and bowel movements. And then we just forget about that into adulthood and just like don't go back to the foundations that is true for everybody. Um, so Cellcore and the detox was it was a huge uh, shift. And that's where I think I was really noticing. I got all the different symptoms of all the different phases that I was talking to. I'm like, I'm noticing this. And you're like, that's normal for what we're doing right now. Um, we track, we were tracking sleep with the, with the aura ring, which I still, uh, wear and use. So I thought I was a bad sleeper. I wasn't really sure. I was not prioritizing sleep. I was doing the whole sleep when you're dead, work your ass off and, uh, that whole mantra. And you really got me back onto sleep is important, especially <laughs> trying to conceive when you're going to have a baby sleep is the most beautiful thing. And that was it. And that was something that I was able to implement with my partner, like just total change in our sleep philosophy, hydration, we shifted to distilled water in our household. And that was otherwise something like we used to always we never bought bottled water, we never bought water at all, but um, would obviously use tap water and that um, hadn't had an appreciation for all of how much water was counteracting all of the good that I was trying to do. And sort of like the fact that it brings in, um, you know, antibiotics and pesticides and all of the things that were already built. Plastic, up. BPA, right? Like that's a huge source of plastic toxins hormones. for people as well. Yeah. Hormones. 
Um, so the changing of the water, the tracking the sleep, the shifting the environmental toxin sources, really being like paying attention to that and starting to find like just step. I, I remember being overwhelmed and telling you, I was like, oh my God, like my whole house, everything is plastic, everything. And you're like, just yeah, my whole house is plastic. <laughs> and you I, had mold too. There was mold that you discovered and you're still like working through that, I believe, right, right? With your insurance company. Yes. So I had had water damage in my roof um, and they hadn't act, acted on it right away. They were like, oh, we'll do it next summer because now it's winter and we can't do anything. Um, but they hadn't had anybody properly inspect in the, in the time that in between that time. And when they came and did, so after my testing and I saw just how the levels of mold in my system, um, I was able to take that result, go to my insurance company and be like, well, while we're waiting for the full blown repairs to happen, like you need to send somebody to look at the mold and they did and panicked and immediately two weeks later had somebody carve out half my ceiling so good that, that's awesome but it, it was and i think yeah credit to the the testing that we did that was able to find pinpoint that source otherwise i'm sitting at home 12 hours a day in a home office that was full of mold and nobody knew about it and nobody cared to look past that so so that i mean that's a blip i wasn't usually always sitting in a moldy home but i think there are people who don't realize that and i previously i was renting an apartment that had um like a kind of a a musty crawl space underneath so very much could have been exposed to mold previously and it just you yeah. never know um and then the um castor oil was a big thing for me and i like i remember when you when we talked we started talking about implementing that it was super gross i was like oh i gotta like spread slime on myself before i go to bed um, but I, I grew to love it and I grew to really notice the, um, the changes it was making. And I think, again, it's, um, I had a number of people over the years talk to me about, um, I think it's called a period company or no, it's called some days. There's something called some days and it's, uh, they, they have like a, they have a belly jelly and they have like just heating wraps and things that you can do to sort to help through bad period pain. Um, but their belly jelly has a little bit of castor oil. It's not pure. It's not in a glass yep. bottle. It's in a plastic container. So there's, um, there was elements that I had been given over the years and people were trying to help, but the, the source of the castor oil was the big game changer, which is something that you talk quite a bit about. And I hadn't heard of before. And like, I love castor oil. I miss it now that I'm pregnant and I'm not using it. <laughs> we had to tell you to stop using a couple things when you got pregnant. <laughs> also yeah. my bad for not now. It's like, I have it explicitly on the first protocols, like stop all of these things. No <laughs> bowel hoover, no castor oil packs, no saunas. No. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just because you get so used to doing all the detox stuff. You're like, great, I'm pregnant. I'm just going to do more. And it's like, no, no, no. We're switching gears now. There's another thing that, I mean, I remember, I think, was a really big shift that I saw in you is food and like sourcing your food and really understanding going to the grocery store and understanding what you're looking at and what you need to buy you know talk a little bit about that yeah you're right that was the other big thing so um early on changing water and then I immediately looked at joining a CSA the community supported agriculture was something I'd always wanted to do there's tons in Ottawa I always got ads for it I knew people who were part of it um, and I was always like, yeah, yeah, that, like, I liked the idea, but I never fully committed because I'm like, oh, well, there's the cost and like, you know, really how, like, does it really make that much of a difference? Like I, I was on board with the, like the concept, but I didn't realize just how, how significant it was to, to change your food source. So 
we got a CSA over the winter and like exclusively got fruits and vegetables that were certified, that were organic from local farms, um, pesticide free. I started asking those questions when I was at the farmer's market, um, just trying to source good options for organic as well. Like even I remember when you shared early on some of the recipes and things, it was like, okay, like use water and like get some like lemon water ginger and I got like just a grocery store lemon ginger and put some tap water and you're like are you filtering your water I was like yeah I got a Brita anyway (laughs) stages of like right filtered water like we got distilled water and then an organic lemon and get some organic ginger and I've found sources now with time that like um, you know, there's, we, we have a whole foods in Ottawa, but there's always some organic lemons, even at the Loblaws and an independent grocer close by, um, yep. have found Costco and a number of places that had really good sources that are, that are good to buy in bulk and, and cheap, really, frankly, over time, cheaper than even the, yep. it's, it's just a bit more planning. And that was what I needed yes. to get myself into gear. Uh, but the food and my, so while I was working with you, my I got my partner on board, which is really important to have him support and do all this stuff. He was a bit yeah. at the cost initially, but um, was on board. He's like, if it helps you feel better, and if you know if this is where we need to do together, I'm down. And I hadn't. And then he came to me. He's like, is it? Am I supposed to feel like I have more energy and like less? <laughs> he's like, I'm not. I'm like less gassy and I'm less bloated. He's like, can you ask Doctor Jane if this is? <laughs> to me and I didn't tell him like yeah yeah this is what like he wasn't taking any of the supplements that I was but he was just seeing the benefits strictly from changing our water and food that's it which is crazy and it, like it is it's really important I mean so the next question that I was going to ask is like what are the when did you start to notice the changes how did you did you have a hard time trusting the process that things were going to work out or did you have you know what was that journey like for you in terms of symptoms because then March was the official like that's when you got pregnant correct so it wasn't April I got April. In yeah. April. March Actually, was the last period yeah that's not true the first week of April was my last period and I was in I had taken a trip to Mexico um and it was like it was like not having a period because it didn't hurt it's uh <laughs> but I I think um yeah I'd say like so October we started working together we'd got you were waiting also like the, the lab results took I think two or three weeks to get back after I had my stress FedEx poop hammock situation and yeah <laughs> had to struggle a little bit to get somebody to do the blood draw um after that it was I was you know we, we implemented a few things because you're like there's something we can do right away even without the results which I'm happy we did that, but I was like, I was frustrated. I think even waiting for the results before we could, we knew for sure. No, yep, so sure that's hard to wait. <laughs> basically, at the end of October, we got those results, and then by so in November, you had the full program in, implemented. Um, and I like so November and December were like I was just like felt like I was taking like pounds of pills <laughs> twice a day. And I was like, is this going to do anything? You're like, really? And so I think there was for sure like that four, five, six, seven weeks where you're like, you got to give it the time to run its course. And you and I had a lot of conversations about that. And then for like, yeah, January was really when I started noticing the difference in my period already then. So that was already like, cool, let's do more of this. And then yep. February and March, it was just, it became easier to to do all the things that I was doing because I was seeing those results. I can't remember if you, did you have a little bit more energy? I know there was some like weight loss that also started to happen. I don't remember when that all started to happen, if that was at the same time as your period or it was a little bit before. Oh, the weight loss, I would say was like... <laughs> pretty, pretty quickly, like November, December, like when we started working together. And I was just also like prioritizing sleep, doing better food. Um, 
I and mean, probably coming off birth control as well, right? Getting rid of some of that inflammation. Absolutely. Getting off birth control. Um, we also we also really reduced our alcohol consumption. Like truthfully, that was something that I was definitely indulging in a lot and <laughs> still coming out of the pandemic. Uh, and so like really changing those behaviors. And I, I yeah, I think I lost like 10 pounds from the get-go. And it was and then and I and then it, you had noticed it in some of our calls, and I had people around me were like, oh, skin mini mini like you're already losing weight like you're losing the weight and anyway, people shouldn't comment about other people's bodies but it, at least it was it was an acknowledgement of some of the changes that were happening in a, in a positive yeah. way already. yeah and no, the energy it was we were working together at a weird time as you know i had taken on an insane job uh that was extremely high stress really long days and um even i mean talk about your decision to leave that job because i honestly like i work with a lot of professional women who are go-getters who are planners and sometimes, you know, I'll find out like, oh, I didn't know you were working 13 hour days. What are we going to do about that long term? You know, and sometimes it feels like, well, there's nothing I can do. This is just my yeah. job. It's, so talk about that decision. It's hard. And I think that it goes into the whole, I mean, it matches the the idea of sleep when you're dead and do as much as you can. And like, you don't need to sleep. The same idea was like, hey, the hustle culture and you work hard. And it was really hard to get out of. In my case, I had opportunities with another boss that I could go back to that were, I knew that were much better for my work-life balance. I had taken on this challenge because it was going to open up some opportunities, but um, the problem is I, I had said yes. And I knew it was going to be a short-term thing because I, it was, it was some exposure to some more senior levels of work and, and a bit more influence. Sure. I was, I had been craving honestly and truthfully. Um, but it was hard to get out of. I initially accepted a four month, acting position essentially and uh, I thought you know after the four months like I'll just like you know thank you very much and leave but that's usually not how these things work especially if you do a pretty good job and and you show up and you're there like they're not really going to let you just exit stage left and I really right. had to had to set it up in a way that I, I like I had to ad again advocate for myself and and just say all of the reasons why this wasn't working and and build myself an exit plan um, because they were going to kind of appoint me permanently in, in that role. And, and I was going to be there for like a year or two before I could properly get out. And I, and I wanted to get pregnant and it was just doing a huge, it was doing harm to my, to my relationship with my partner. It was doing harm to the only, the only redeeming factor is it was over the winter in Ottawa. So like, I mean, when the days are short, it's not really going to do anything. It's not, like, well, you know, it's like working late until 7, 8 PM isn't the end of the world because it's not a nice day out, but I'm very like, so my last, I, I, I left that role uh, at the end of March. And so the first week of April had my last period and then basically got pregnant almost immediately after that. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, how much do you think that played a role? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, probably. And very, very much so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you never know. Right. And this is kind of what we talked about before is, um, you know, why did you decide to reach out? And I think that you already answered this, but it's a lot of people don't reach out until they've been struggling for a long time. Whereas you wanted to set yourself up for success and you didn't want to have the painful periods. It's like a little bit more of the like, what made you do it? You know, as opposed to say, I'll just wait and see what happens. Because I knew, well, the waiting and seeing what happens. Um, I mean, so I'm, I, I just turned 35. I was 34 at the time when we started working together. I was already starting to think like, okay, don't have 
years and years ahead of me to get to, to yep. get pregnant. Um, knew a lot of people in my circles who had endometriosis and struggled who were going down the IVF journey. And I was like, I was scared that that would be my situation. I hadn't gone down IVF. Um, but I, I, in speaking with you, I definitely felt like there was things I could do and implement and like, at least stop, at least reduce my suffering, <laughs> physical suffering, um, from my periods, uh, while I was also trying to get pregnant. And that was, um, I think like when I go back to like looking on Google, like solution to endometriosis in a major <laughs> city in Canada and having almost nothing, like nothing was coming up. And then I really felt like the, your post really, really resonated with me. You posted, you posted on a number of times about endometriosis. Um, and I was like, Hey, let's give this a try. Um, and I remember like, even when we first started working together, I'm like, Hey, well, can I work with you and also start like, like actively trying to get pregnant? And you're like, well, you, sure you can, you can always sure. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to tell you. Yeah. I can't stop you. <laughs> can't stop you. Um, and so we weren't actively trying to get pregnant because I wanted to give it the time to run its course. And it was like, it was a whole bunch of conversations with my partner. I was like, no, we can't like totally dry because I like, I want to feel better. And then it was in December when I already started feeling, seeing some of those impacts. And in January that I was, and like, he noticed it and I was noticing it. So he's like, okay, well, yeah. And I think we started actively trying in January. And at that point, my period started feeling better. I was like, at that, we've kind of done three months and I started to seeing some results. And then, so it took April to get yeah, out a couple that. more months to like, yeah, six, seven, six months, probably full on from like all of the treatment. And and I think you had told me too, from, I had talked to you about my intentions, my timeline. And so you went fairly aggressively in my treatment plan. There was like a, yep, in, sure. the, in the actions that we took, it was like higher doses and more extreme versions of things maybe to kind of accelerate. Yeah. You had to do all the things if you want to get quick results, uh, you know, you have to do all the things. And so, uh, and you did all the things. And then, like you said, once you start feeling better, it's easier to keep going because you're like, for a lot of people, I think it's the disbelief that it's possible, yeah. right? And yeah. so if you're given a three-month timeline and let's say your periods don't get better and it's been three months, but okay, and three months is a very short time, I would say, for your periods to get better. But what we need to see is like, there's weight loss happening. Your digestion is improving. Your energy is going up. We know that we're moving in the right direction versus like none of those things are improving and your mm -hmm. period is still horrendous. Then it's like, so why am I taking all those pills again? Or like, why am I drinking this stuff? Or why am I slathering this oil on me at nighttime? So it definitely took trust on you. And I appreciate that you did, you know, that you trusted me and then you were just like, okay, let's do it. Because like, I'd love for you to share kind of if somebody is in the same situation that you were before you reached out to me. So you know that you need to get off birth control because you want to conceive, but you're terrified of your periods. Like what are some kind of biggest lessons that you can give listeners, viewers about your experience? Think about that woman who stood up in that auditorium and said, your periods do not have to hurt. It does not have to be painful to have a period and don't accept anything otherwise. Like fine, there, there are people who want to help you. There is a solution uh, and it's not, hormones and birth control there is truly things you can implement and do that will actually make you feel so much better and and what I didn't realize too like I went to you like my my issue was I have really painful periods but when working together like the inflammation in my gut went down like I was a very gassy person I just like since I've known my partner was a gassy lady and <laughs> just thought that was my identity and it wasn't like working with you too. Like I, I think I, I noticed the reduction in, in 
bloat and digestive pain and gas. And having great poops. We always talk about having great poops. (laughs) Everyone deserves a great poop. Honestly, (laughs) everyone deserves an amazing poo on a daily basis. And if this isn't happening in your life, you need to talk to Dr. Jane. But if, uh, but, but seriously, like I think things, your period doesn't have to hurt. There is some, there are non-hormonal options and true things you can implement. I think it's really important for people to be honest with themselves because sometimes people are only half-assing, sorry, half-trying the, the the things that are- Half-assing for sure, yeah. Not because they mean to, but maybe because you don't know. I was, I, you know, I was like, oh yeah, like I filter my water. I have a Brita filter. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I, I mostly eat like good food, but if I truly want, when you, you are early on, like we didn't mention it, but you forced me to track everything that I ate and exact, and like that was just being honest with myself. And what am I truly eating? Where am I getting my food? Um, and then being really disciplined to take the, those the pills twice a day and to put the the goop on my belly at night. And like I, I really committed to that because I really wanted to see the difference. But I think if I was doing if I was doing half measures on all of that and I was forgetting to take the pills and and not uh, doing the castor oil packs, then you know the results wouldn't have been the same either. It's a uh, it's like a full commitment and truly trying to get in it. But I think and getting it at all angles too, right? Because if I know people will just do the castor oil packs, and then sometimes it's like not the cast the right castor oil. They don't do it frequently enough, whatever. And then you're like, oh, that didn't work for me. It's just like, well, which part didn't work, you know? So yeah, yeah. I appreciate you giving that little tidbit. Yeah. The, I mean, the castor oil was something I had heard of and seen. Like you just, again, Google when you're trying to self-heal and figure out solutions for yourself. <laughs> and castor oil came up, came up all the time. But to, to like properly source it, really be diligent about where it's coming from. What it's like, is it is it cold press? Is it wrapped in glass or is it full of plastic? Like those are things that, that almost never get talked about because there's not that component of environmental toxins. For sure. Thank you for sharing that. I mean, before we wrap up, I'd love to know where are you now? What's happening right now? And, you know, tell us a little bit about the pregnancy and how it's been. Uh, I am 22 weeks pregnant as of right now. My last period was beginning of April. I am due to have a baby on January 8th, 2024. Hopefully a New Year's baby and not a Christmas baby. Christmas baby. Yeah. We'll love the baby no matter what. Uh, And I, uh, everywhere I've gone so far on the pregnancy, when I do scans, when they look for fetal heartbeat, when I've talked to various professionals, say the baby is growing wonderfully and is active and like just, I'm feeling really good. I will be honest that I had extreme (laughs) and quite a bit of vomiting uh, for about for the first 10 weeks or the, the from week six to week 16 of my pregnancy um, which was a whole I mean you're, there's it's such a mix of, of emotions because you're I was so grateful and one and happy to be pregnant and you feel terrible and it, it's counterintuitive because when you are this sick in real life like someone gives you drugs and you take a day off and like you've got a flu or something there's something happening but it was going on for a while and um, I, and again, that was another phase of working with you where I was able, I, I really was grateful to message you, have access to you on demand for like all of those times and just be like, what are like, what do I do? And you had, yeah. you had offered real solutions that ended up working really well as well. Like tried some tinctures, um, and quite a few different supplements and some teas and different approaches and, and even just like changing the foods and trying different things that really, really helped at least get me through those tough days. 
and it versus I had gone to my doctor and they had given me some like extremely strong anti-nausea medication that had my pharmacist worried because he's like, you're not supposed to take this when you're pregnant. I don't know why he's giving this to you. So, um, does he know you're pregnant? Yeah, <laughs> right? exactly. Isn't that what your pharma pharmacist asked? <laughs> I dropped, I got, they, they sent the prescription from the, from the doctor and my pharmacist called me. He's like, your, your doctor knows you're pregnant, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, he's, he's just giving you some, like, this is like extreme level medication. That's still pretty debatable on its, on its safety and pregnancy. He's like, I really don't think you should be taking this unless you have to. I was like, well, I appreciate the call and we'll be able to <laughs> I will that. not be seeing that doctor anymore. <laughs> yeah. And I think it boils down to um, like even with this endometriosis and again, in the context of the healthcare system where we are and in Ontario and in Ottawa, there's, there's 200, there's 2 million people in Ontario without a family doctor. And if you're navigating something like endometriosis, you either don't have a doctor and you're just begging for someone to help you and pay attention to you. Or you have a doctor and they may or may not be helping you or being productive or, you know, they're advising you to not have a family and to just suffer. Um, and you have no, it's not like you can get another doctor right now. It's like, you just like, you're just grateful that you have one and you show up and, and beg and yeah. grovel. And it's, uh, and then this whole experience with you was totally different because it was, it was proactive. There was things I could do. Yeah. And it was easy to be in touch with you and, and make adjustments. Like if something wasn't working or if I was like, I'm having four bowel movements a day right now, Dr. Jane, what's going on? And we could just like quickly course correct and adjust. And yeah. Uh, yeah. And we learned that you were quite sensitive to supplements, actually, like even probiotics and all that stuff that you've been talking about, like <laughs> what's going on with my system. And it's like, Oh, we got a half the dose on this. And uh, it's, I, it, not everybody's sensitive, but you know, with you, I've been impressed that like, oh, we make the tiniest little adjustments and you notice it. So it's, it's nice when that happens. And when you're pregnant, you're going to be a lot more sensitive as well. So it's good. Yeah, Thank you for sharing that. I think it's, um, it's way more, it's been way more empowering this last year with you with endometriosis than the last five years that I've had endometriosis where you just kind of sit there and take it and have no solutions and nothing you can do. So I've, uh, yeah, I'm pretty happy where I am. No, thank you. I'm really like you know, proud of your growth. Cause you know, when we met, you were in the go, 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 no sleep. I got to do this. And I just want to have a kid and I'm scared, but uh, you've made a lot of switches, even in your personality and the sacrifices that you've kind of made with social events and making a plan. Like I understand when you have to work hard and you can't just leave your job because leaving your job is going to make you way more stressed than being at that job. So for you to take charge and make plan and say, okay, it's going to be six months or it's going to be three months or however long it was at that time, but while continue to implement things. And even when it wasn't perfect, like you were just transparent, like, listen, I don't have time to do all of this like this, but I'm going to do the best that I can. That was good. Like that's enough because that's all you have time for anyway. So like, it doesn't matter, right? It's not about being perfect. So it's been a pleasure to watch you grow. And obviously now being 22 weeks pregnant and like, I don't expect anything but great news from all the people because I know the stuff that you're taking. I know the the prep and absolutely, you know, excited to meet the babe and see, see what they look like and how you handle the rest of it because we don't want to underestimate the work that you put in now. And I know what it can look like both ways, not preparing and preparing. 
And so I'm really happy that you took the time and you were like, you know what? I'm just going to not wait and see what happens. I'm just going to do it. And then Mm-hmm. let it be amazing thanks so much cat for being here to all my listeners thank you for being here click the follow button to make sure you guys don't miss any episodes and feel free to shoot me a message on instagram at dr jane Levesque. otherwise i'll see you guys next week 